0: Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating, all things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. Today
1: on the show, I interview Charlotte Pleasance. Charlotte is originally from New Zealand, but now calls Paris home. We talk about her new theater group, Alchemy Theater, and how they're planning a show at a chateau in Normandy. Welcome to the show, Charlotte. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. It feels like spring is coming finally. Yeah. It's quite cold outside still. Yeah. Flowers are out at least, which yeah. we appreciate that. And I'm so happy to finally chat with you. You are a woman doing many things and I want to talk about all those things today, but I want to go back to the beginning and how did you come to France? What is your story of arriving to Paris and where
2: are you from? I am originally from New Zealand and I came to France in 2016, 2015, so long ago now, 2015 I think. <laughs> and I came here on a total whim. I was lucky I rolled up before Brexit with a British passport, so I was considered European and could immediately ah, work. <laughs> it's golden days. I know. And yeah, I was meant to. I was planning on moving to England, but was here at the end of a, a bit of a European trip, and um yeah, it just happened upon a job, and I had family friends to stay with, so I thought, ah, oh, I'll live here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always say that to people because people always ask, like, how did you move to Paris? How did you do it? I'm like, you just show up, and yeah. like, they fall together, and they don't. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of like your way of saying is like, if it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, go
2: home. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so you've been here for quite some time now, and you work with many different theater groups. You even started your own theater work. But I want to go back to the beginning of all that. So talk a little bit about what you do here. You're a director, a producer, an actress. Talk about all of it. Oh my goodness, where to where to start? <laughs>
2: I don't know. Where do you want me to start?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So where did you start? Did you start as an actor?
2: Uh, Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes. I When I first got here, I realized the theater scene was hard to crack, to get into. And I realized what a lot of people that I knew or who I'd met were doing was basically just making it happen uh, for themselves or for other people. And so I thought, okay, great. I'm going to Do that too. And so as well, I wanted to have a, create a theatre company, but I didn't know a lot of people at that point, a lot of talented people Mm -hmm. that I could create work with. So I actually started my own Scratch Night, which is basically like a curated open mic for theatre is how I describe it. You have 10 minutes to perform whatever you like and then that's it. It's basically a chance to workshop a character or try a new piece of writing or Read aloud an excerpt from a play, and I called it Tapi Teat. Tapi meaning rug, Teat meaning theater. I like that. Yeah, and uh, the stage is a rug, and so it's meant to be, you know, a casual stage to to try out new ideas. How did
1: it go? Did people immediately like respond to that and say, "Yeah, I want to do this"? And And did you do it in like a cafe? I did it in my apartment.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I had a, I was lucky to have quite a big apartment in Le Marais and we basically did it, I think in the apartment, maybe three or four times, um, basically gutted the lounge, made a bit of a performance space and, um, yeah, performed there for the first few, for the first year. And then I upgraded to an art gallery in the seventh, which is not bad. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and then basically from that met a variety of, of people, and then put on Midsummer Night's Dream in Montmartre in an amphitheater. Oh, so fun!
1: I was telling you, I love that theater. Yeah, like, right the first street. It's so beautiful. It's an outdoor like amphitheater, and Midnight, that's like such a great play to put on there too, especially being outside and everything like that. And that, so basically, you're saying like you created your network. Like you were saying, it's hard to break in. And so you just made it happen. I think that's really admirable. And <laughs> things just kind of like fall together from there. Like you met actors, you met producers, you yeah. know, was it pretty easy from there?
2: <laughs> I feel like doing anything in Paris is not always, e- is never easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, <I'm scared. laughs>
2: you have to really have um, the drive and want to, to make it happen. So yeah, there was definitely things that, would occur that, we're, you know, could have set us back, could have made us want to, to stop going. But yeah, you just, you just pushed through until you can't keep pushing through anymore, I guess. Yeah.
1: And do you think that's one of the keys to your success is like your network here?
2: Yeah. 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 For sure. I was, um, yeah, considering sort of my inspirations and that sort of thing before doing this podcast. And I think a lot of what inspires me and, and helps me succeed is surrounding myself with. <laughs> People that are smarter than me or people who have different yeah. skills, people who can bring something to the table that I can't, that can open my eyes to, to new, new ideas. Yeah. I think um, having a strong network and having a strong community in any country is a key to success.
1: For sure. I mean, it was the same thing for me when I arrived here as a photographer. I just joined every group possible and what? I was like, I need to make friends. I need to make a network. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you're just kind of lonely. You're like, what am I doing here? What, what is my purpose?
2: Totally, totally. <laughs> you
1: jump right in, it sounds like. And now you run Alchemy Theater.
2: Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. It's a collective, uh, for now. I'm not the sole leader, but yes, Alchemy Theater, we formed this year. Um, it's super exciting. The idea with the name of the company, it actually imparts there's there's two ideas with it, in that alchemy is like the origin, like original magic, if you will, like original, like the precursor to science, turning something banal into something amazing. But also in French, alchemy is what actors have on stage if they're working well together. In English, we call it chemistry, but in French, ah,
1: it's alchemy. I like that more, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All this talk, all this new age stuff about the alchemists and alchemy and all these actors talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, what exactly does it mean? So it's kinda of like mad.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so mad manifesting. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're doing the taming of the shrew. Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew this summer. And uh I'm co directing and co producing with another very talented woman, Anthea Freya Hill. And we actually just had our first rehearsal, first yeah, first rehearsal last night, which is so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah.
1: I like that we're continuing on the Shakespeare route because you acted in many Shakespeare films before this. And why Shakespeare?
2: Why Shakespeare? There's several reasons. Shakespeare, for me, it was always like la base. I... Always thought I would, like in high school, I did a lot of Shakespeare because I was like, if you can do Shakespeare, you can probably do anything. And I just kind of stuck to Shakespeare. It's always um, an interesting challenge as an actor because, you know, you have to do the task of any actor of, you know, unpacking your character, understanding their drive, understanding... Yeah, all the varieties of things that come with um, creating a character. But then the other layer with Shakespeare is that you have to understand the text and you get to unpack all this beautiful poetry and play around with that. And then the other layer to it is that Shakespeare is a name that is known globally. So performing in English in Paris. Choosing something like maybe Tennessee Williams, or I don't know, a British a a British playwright or an American playwright, it narrows your audience. Whereas Shakespeare is something that many people know, and they want
1: to they want to know, even if they don't know, they want (laughs) to know. Have to know. It's like it's a name. We have to know. It's kind of like yeah. or or something. Like, I don't really know anything about them. I know I'm supposed to like it. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of
2: why Shakespeare.
1: Talk a little bit about going from actor to producer to director.
2: I mean, what is that like going on the other side? Ah, yeah. I've always produced and acted at the same time. So it's actually really nice to just be like producing and directing. So for Tapit Theatre and with Signet Theatre, my previous theatre company, I was often wearing multiple hats so with tapis I was curating the night I was hosting the evening but also putting the whole thing together and then with Signet, I was always acting in a production but also doing a lot of behind the scenes work and so it's kind of nice to just be doing behind the scenes work (laughs) I'm like
1: oh wow Yeah, I mean, we know what that's like when we're first starting out. We do all the things until we can have enough money to build something to have other people involved and things like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we talk about the difference between a director and a producer. Well, I mean, the director is more creative. It's you know they're the person managing the 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 direction of the show, how how what happens on stage and how to materialize a particular vision in both, um, acting costume, music, staging, all of that set. And then producing is all of the logistical stuff, like, um, finding the right venue, communicating with vendors, sorting out ticketing, marketing the event, organizing like the rehearsal schedule that's kind of stage managerial but we're kind of combining the stage management and mm-hmm. producing together so yeah that's sort of the difference
1: and are you enjoying taking a step back from being on stage and just focusing on behind the scenes
2: yeah it's uh it's a. Uh... It's it's really exciting. It's something that I have done before. We both – I worked as a teacher, actually. Um, so I've, I've directed teens and children, <laughs> which is different <laughs> to adults. Um, but also, uh, leading up to this production, we – as a collective of about 12, we ran – something that we called the Director's Lab, where we would get together every second week and basically workshop scenes as a group. And I took on a directing role in that. So yeah, it's something I've done before. And yeah, it's, it's super exciting to have a whole different set of needs when going into a rehearsal room. There's different things that I'm now preparing for before rehearsal. You know, previously, it would be learning lines, it would be yeah analyzing my own character and kind of you know thinking uh, about all that but whereas a director you're you're looking at the bigger picture of the whole play and how the scene fits in what where you're going to need your these characters to be at the end of the scene um yeah it's it's super super interesting but we're very early days so yeah uh, yeah. yeah.
1: it's it's fun to explore some different things you know because it, it can only help all the things can help each other in the end, right? If you're already doing both at the same time and you're just bringing it all together now in a whole different way, which is very exciting. Yeah. And someone who's worked in theater for such a long time, can you talk about some of the differences between theater in France, for example, from other parts of the world? Like, have you seen things done differently
2: here or what are some things you've noticed that are different in Mm. the theater? I think, I think things are done very uh, traditionally here in like, uh, in some theaters i i i find <laughs> I have found some theaters that I really love who do who do work that is really different and and you know challenging. Boundaries and all that, which is something that I really love. And I particularly like theatre that is more um, grassroots, where a collective is working together um, to build something. You don't really see as much of that here. Maybe it's because France has more money than New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I think, yeah, it's a lot more traditional. And I think sometimes that is a detriment because it means that uh, you have to follow a particular rule, like particular rules. And it means that sometimes I feel like the theater here isn't as um like forward thinking as it is in some other countries.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because France is all about tradition and keeping things the same, right? Which is what makes it beautiful, but yeah. also sometimes complicated. <laughs> mm, totally. Totally. Yeah. And so are there many places in Paris to see theater performed in English? I know we're in France. We should be speaking French. but. <laughs> We you found the world here is open to that are we new no, that of that? <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i i mean like the théâtre de la ville sometimes has shows in english i'm going to see othello at the Audion and it's going to have um in english it's not going to be performed in english so there are occasionally some things in english but yeah it's definitely there is not an endless uh, selection of, of English language theater here, which I find, yeah, a shame because there is a huge uh, international community living in Paris who are both native English speakers or um, English is a shared language. So I think there is a huge opportunity for more English language theater here.
1: Yeah, and I love that it's like this young group of people like yourself and those you're working with that are bringing it in the 2000s you know (laughs) whoa (laughs) to do that this has been such a creative hub for so long it's just surprising that it hasn't happened sooner being such an international city too Mm. but i love that you guys are making it happen and and when you want to put on a show in a theater like how does that work do you have to reach out to the theater get permission pay them like walk us through the process
2: yeah i mean there is uh generally a lot of red tape. There are procedures that some theatre companies go through where you go to like a festival to basically that other um, theatres come to to see your work and then hopefully they will have you on in their theatre for the following year. We've always (laughs) been able to perform at venues that do things slightly differently. So with Signet Theatre, we performed at Les Jardins des Arènes de Montmartre and that was actually, is it technically a public garden? And you apply through the town hall of Paris to get that venue. And so it's not considered actually a theater. So um, there was less red tape there. This, for the taming of the shoe, we are actually performing at a chateau. So we're going to be performing in front of a private chateau um, outside of Paris. So again... Oh, not, that's really cool! Yeah, not a theater, but an incredible venue. <laughs> okay, count me in. I'm going. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's super exciting. We're we're teaming up with, I think you know her, Jane Webster. Oh yeah,
1: for sure I know Jane. I've filmed and videoed at her chateau many times.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been super exciting. We've been kind of back and forth. I've I've actually gone out to the chateau myself. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. We're going to be performing on the steps in front of the chateau and there will be areas for people to sit and dine on the grass. We'll have picnics and yeah, food and drink available, all that. So super wow, it's like a, so a full on event. And what are the dates? So it will be the 20th, the 22nd and the 23rd of July very exciting okay i need to mark my calendar (laughs) Great, Um, everybody mark your calendars you're going to be and
1: actually that's a great time because i feel like a lot of tourists are in paris at that time totally exactly so
2: and where can people get tickets
1: like we can put it in the show notes yeah
2: exactly we will be we will have released tickets by now when the podcast is out so that it'll be all the information all the information will be on our Instagram for sure, which is Alchemy Theatre. Okay. And what is the importance of theatre in today's society, in your opinion? I think theatre should reflect should reflect society and should reflect issues that are, that are coming up, uh, and help audiences pose questions or answer questions for themselves or start discussions. Um, it's something that with alchemy, we're really, um, trying to do with the taming of the shrew. Taming of the shrew is by and large about gaslighting and domestic abuse. Um, and so with this production we're we're actually working with an intimacy coordinator to make sure that we um intimacy and fight coordinator to make sure that we do all of the choreography correctly and and don't harm our actors in the process. But we're also looking um to collaborate with local associations that work well, work in this world to make sure that when we are staging moments of domestic abuse or moments of um where Petruchio is Gaslighting, uh, Katerina. That well, we don't do it wrong. That we don't do it and just make it yeah. up and think like, yeah, this is probably what I was like.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, it's really great though that
2: you're making it like realistic and
1: and it's kind of crazy to me that the issues from Shakespearean times are still the
2: issues of today. You know? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, that's also why why Shakespeare. You asked earlier why Shakespeare. There's so many. Things that are still relevant about his plays and unfortunately what was problematic then and ultimately it was kind of funny to Shakespearean audiences, but now it's not funny, uh, what is happening in this play. It is technically a comedy and there are moments and we, we hope that our audience will find like and be charmed by so many of the characters in our play, um, because there are really mo- hilarious moments, but then there, should be moments that shock you and make you question oh wow why was i just laughing at that person and now they've done this really problematic thing yes. because that's what happens uh still to this day with yeah domestic abuse <laughs> and yeah. misogyny yeah we're just not laughing through it anymore there's the whole council culture
1: there's people speaking up now there's people being supported for what's happened to them yeah in the past, it was just kind of like, you know, walk it off, don't talk about it. And now, I mean, in your opinion, how do we find balance? Because there are these two extremes right now where it's like, we're completely like just canceling people and then things they did like maybe 10 years ago, and then another like based on just ignoring it completely and letting bad things happen. So where do you think there is that medium, medium of what we can do, you know, to do things the right way? I mean, I guess this is a pretty big question. But in your
2: opinion, <laughs> for theater. oh my gosh, for theater, yeah. Well, it was a discussion that I had recently because there's a, a politician in uh, parliament here in France that was recently allowed back in after after news came out that he had struck or he, there had been a moment of domestic abuse between he and his wife uh, and the parliament let him back in. And yeah, I had this discussion with my partner and I think uh, at least a lot of these discussions um, happen with men. It's like, Oh, should we can, you know, continue to like, excuse this man. It's like, it's, it's frustrating because it's not the, it's never the other way around because also it's generally not the woman that is, uh, the abuser mm-hmm. but it's like oh yeah let's let the man go back to his job or let's like not you know cancel him yeah. but it's like oh well the, the the woman who has been abused is has detrimental effects that will um, affect her for whoever knows how long so they themselves are are cancelled i suppose out of their life in some ways it's like yeah i think it's it's definitely a really tricky question for sure, for sure. for
1: yeah, there is no easy answer, yeah. but the fact that we're bringing attention to it, we're having conversations and even creating art around it, yeah. I think it makes it easier to talk about, easier to understand. Totally, exactly. And how do you keep your work evolving and inspired? What do you do on a daily basis to help yourself up to date in your creativity? And- Awesome. I think a big
2: thing that um, I love about Paris is how many creative people are here. And for me, my work is not an individual sport. <laughs> it is uh, collaborative. And so something that helps me stay up to date is uh, surrounding myself with yeah, really creative people. Even for this production, You know, working with an intimacy coordinator, this is a new thing for us. Um, and it's because, well, a great friend of mine has been training in intimacy coordination for an entire year. And so it was like, great, let's, let's have you on. And then having her working on the show brings up all these new ideas and, and all these, you know, interesting problems for us to solve. And as well, I think making sure I'm, you know, going to theater, uh, going to, interesting music uh concerts going to art galleries Um, there's certainly a plethora of this in paris <laughs> so i i also find staying engaged creatively is also incredibly helpful
1: for sure i mean, think it's all great advice and and what advice would you give to people who feel they're not creative in any way? They don't have any creative talents. What would you say to them? How would you help them find what they're good at? Be wise.
2: <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> because I think in some ways, sometimes I feel like that. I'm like, do I actually have anything to offer? <laughs> like, I think a lot of I think a lot of people actually feel like that. Frankly, even they do, artists. Yeah. time and they're like
1: oh you do all this stuff and I don't do anything and it's like there's creativity in everything in our life yeah
2: yeah I mean I think uh my advice is just give give whatever it could be a go that's basically what I've always done um not having access to creative people or a theater group I was like all right let's just start it I know not everyone um has (laughs) can necessarily do that, but it could be in your own, in your own personal way to, um, give whatever interests you just a go, take the class, go to the thing, talk to the person, start the conversation because yeah, you never really know where it could lead. Those are my, those are my favorite things to do is to start the conversation and, um, yeah, see what could happen, see what could come from it.
1: I completely agree. I think we just have to all be doers. I think a lot of times we're just dreamers. We're like, "Oh, I'd like to be an actor. I'd like to be a hair." We just keep thinking about it. It's a matter of just jumping in and doing the thing even if you're not good at it, even if you have no idea what you're doing. I mean, it's so funny to hear what you said, even as a director, producer, actor, you're like, Oh, I don't think I'm creative someday. So like, we all struggle with that. And I think that it's really nice to hear that from someone who does so many things, you know, you're not alone audience. Yeah. (laughs) And where can people connect with you online and follow your projects and
2: and learn more? Totally. So I'm Charlotte Pleasance on Instagram. We'll Got a little underscore Charlotte Pleasants underscore <laughs> because Charlotte Pleasants is already taken. Um, <laughs> and Alchemy Theater. Those are the those are the two main accounts to follow. Okay. We'll share everything in the show notes, as well as where you can buy tickets to the upcoming
1: show this July. We're so excited to see that. And thanks so much for sharing your your
0: talents with us today, Charlotte. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Love Be Creative. You can find more information on missparisphoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.